This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings engaging video and audio lectures presented by top professors and professionals on a wide variety of subjects to your fingertips. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to $90 off the original price of four courses within the Everyday Gourmet series of instructional cooking courses. Choose from Essential Secrets of Spices and Cooking, Making Healthy Food Taste Great, Baking Pastries and Desserts, or Making Great Meals in Less Time for only $9.95. This great price of $9.95 is only available for a limited time, so order today. Go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Lee Smith. And Lee, whenever anything comes up involving Iran, I think of your name, which is kind of weird, I have to be honest with you. But is I, it. I, I guess I appreciate that, Michael. We'll see. I'm not sure. We'll yeah, see. exactly. This is an upside and downside. Right, and thank this, you. This, obviously, the, the headlines are about Russia in Syria. And to me, I keep seeing the words Iran and Hezbollah. And so could you explain to us amateurs about Russia's move into Syria and the role it's going to have with Iran and what we should be paying attention to beyond the headline of their bombing the not quite as radical resistance inside Syria. Yeah, I mean, what, what they're doing right now is they're moving to uh, see if they can protect um, and clear out different rebel units from different strategically vital places for the Assad regime. So yeah, they're not bombing. They're not hitting ISIS, uh, or they're. I mean, they. I, I believe there may have been some reports. I don't know how much credence to give them that they may have struck different ISIS targets. But the the the, the main thrust of the Russian campaign is to protect Assad. And look, the Assad um, regime has not been able to hold territory that it's retaken, um, and there's a lot of territory that the um, that the rebels have taken. So part of the Russian campaign is to go back hold certain strategically vital places to try to take back other places. And that's, you know, that's uh, how it looks for Assad and Hezbollah. How it looks for Putin, Putin is in there for his own reasons, to, uh, you know, to maintain uh, and advance Russian interests right now in the Levant. And let's keep in mind, this is not just about Syria. It's not just about the eastern Mediterranean, where there are various energy resources that are, uh, coming online or will soon come online. What we're seeing is the Middle East is having a very large war. And the place they're fighting that is Syria. So insofar as Putin has staked out a place, it's very, very, very important. It's putting him right now in the middle of the largest conflict in the Middle East. For ages now, people have talked about, oh, the real issue in the Middle East is the Arabs and the Israelis. Right. The issue in the Middle East has never been about uh, 300 million Arabs or even uh, 6 million Palestinians uh, at most and 6 million uh, Israeli Jews. The issue has been about the different conflicts within the Arabic-speaking Middle East itself. And now we're seeing some of these uh, that are really becoming uh, incredibly bloody issues. Let me ask you about ir- the, the notion. Let me ask you about the notion of Iranian troops, Iranian you know, military advisors, etc., and then the Iranian proxies of Hezbollah on the ground in Syria. What should we make of that? Should we be worried about it? And how does how will they interact with Russia? I don't mean in the you know tactical military sense, but you know, is, is Russia signing up kind of to be a godfather or at least third cousin of Shia terrorism? 
Yes, sure. I mean, I, I, look, <clears throat> there's lots of people who have very much misread, uh, unfortunately, including it's quite likely some of uh, some of Israel's top analysts and policymakers may have misread the meaning of um, of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's trip to Moscow two weeks ago. Now, look, we keep hearing reports that there are. Uh, mechanisms for deconfliction that were worked out that the Israelis and the Russians will now be able to talk uh, in case anything, uh, in case they manage to bump up against each other. <clears throat> the Russian escalation, Putin's escalation, puts Israel and Russia, uh, establishes the conditions for conflict. There is nothing but the premise for conflict now. Unless we believe that the only reason Putin went into Syria, that he escalated his presence in Syria, is to protect and ensure Israel's uh, aerial campaigns, IAF campaigns against Iran to Hezbollah, arms convoys transiting through Syria, there will be conflict. The Israelis cannot allow Putin to dictate terms when Israel will be allowed to strike those convoys, and Putin cannot be allowed to be, make, to be made to look like a fool in front of the rest of the world, in particular to his now allies, Iran and Hezbollah. Right. Iran and Hezbollah need Putin. They need his support. But if Putin's not going to help out, if Putin's going to wind up and he's not, going to be, uh, he's not going to be on side with them, then they're going to go after his troops. They're going to make things very, very hot for Putin. So that's effectively what Putin has signed on for. And look, Putin's going to collect from the Israelis. He's going to collect from the Iranians. He's going to make a lot of money there. That's one of the main reasons they're there. It's also to expand uh, Russian influence, Russian diplomatic and political power. But absolutely, the horse they're riding, the reason that they rode into the Syrian conflict is because of Assad. They're not going to play honest broker. This is not the U.S. State Department. Right. They believe the role is to play honest broker in the Middle East between our allies and between uh, our allies' adversaries. For instance, between Israel and the Palestinian Authority. That's not how it works with right. Putin. Let, let me back up for a second because I want to understand something. You say that Putin's going to collect from Iran and from Israel and he's talking about cash. What's the, is it an energy angle? What's, where's the cash come from? I think Putin right now, I mean, my understanding is that the Iranians have already pledged to uh, buy something like $21 billion worth of arms. Whoa. So part of that $150 billion signing bonus consequent uh, uh, on the JCPOA right. will go right to, uh, right to Putin's coffers. Um, so they'll buy weapons. Um, that'll, you know, and then also another, another thing that Putin is collecting on, he's now, you know, he's got, a, he's got an airstrip, a military airstrip, Right. He's building a larger um, naval base there on the eastern Mediterranean. So, yeah, I think that's one way that he'll be collecting from the Iranians. I suspect he'll probably try to way, find a way to collect from even more, uh, even wealthier actors around the region, like, like the Saudis, like the Gulf Arabs, and from the Israelis. I suspect that part of, the, part of what he said is, well, if, you know, we heard, said leaving Russia. is like, well, Putin totally understands that we can't afford to uh, we can't afford to let Hezbollah or the Iranians move these arms convoys. You know, Putin's gonna Putin will uh, I'm sure from his perspective he'll let some of these attacks, some of these Israeli uh, attacks take place, and some of them won't. 
Some of them be, will be opaque. Some of them will not. Right. Um, so, yeah, he's going to make the Israelis pay as well. Everyone's going to pay Putin. Now, what would you say to the people who say uh, Obama has the Russians right where he wants them? This is going to be another Afghanistan. They're going to get involved. They're going to become the target. And the Sunni terrorists, Al-Qaeda-style terrorists, are going to come yeah. after Russia. Watch out, baby. You know, he got what he wished for, and it was a terrible mistake. People who say that, they not only misunderstand Putin, they misunderstand Obama. And I've, as I've been writing in the Standard now for several weeks, Obama is perfectly happy with Putin's presence, his Putin's escalation in Syria. I'm not saying everyone in this administration is. I think there are different levels. I think that John Kerry probably has no real idea of what Obama is about. If we see the JCPOA as the Iran deal, as the fundamental document describing American realignment in the Middle East. How does America balance off, or rather the Obama administration, how does it rearrange these various alliances? How does it push the Israelis out and bring the Iranians closer in? Mm -hmm. That's what the Iran deal is about. It's not entirely or not exclusively, in some ways not uh, mostly, about a nuclear weapons agreement. It's about regional realignment. And the one who's on the ground balancing the way the Obama administration sees it now is the actor on the ground who's actively balancing this realignment is Vladimir Putin in Syria. Wow. This is exactly what the administration has wanted. And we know this because the administration has tried to ground Israeli flights as well. That's why they keep leaking Israeli attacks on Iranian arms convoys going through Syria and heading to Hezbollah. They've wanted to ground these attacks as well. And now this is what Putin will do. What the administration wants is it wants to degrade Israel and the Sunni Arabs, America's traditional allies, while uh, upgrading traditional adversaries like the Islamic Republic of Iran. Because in the president's worldview, this will help stabilize the region as the United States makes its exit. If Vladimir Putin wants the job of actually balancing these forces on the ground the way the president and certain people in the inner circle see it, this is perfect. It's precisely what they want. This is what's been happening now since March 2011. The administration has been using the Russians, especially at the UN, at the Security Council, has been using them as a veto by proxy. Even when uh, UN Ambassador Susan Power um, and, and rather Susan Rice and then Samantha Power started to throw temper tantrums how the Russians weren't cooperating. This is precisely what the administration wanted to have happen. Obama did not want to veto it himself, but he didn't want these things to happen. He didn't want to bring down Assad. It was partly to make the Iranians happy. It's also about a regional realignment. This is what's happening now. Russia is playing the role that Obama is perfectly happy to see them play. Well, Lee Smith, so I'm always perfectly happy to chat with you, even though the news is almost always horrible. So yeah. thank you so much for your analysis. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.